This is Manifest Mindset, where we delve into our true passions, inspire the best out of ourselves, and live our life with true intention every single day. All right, let's get this party rock and rolling. Welcome back to another episode of Manifest Mindset. We're here with Nick and Bob. How are you doing, Nick? You know, I'm doing quite well, my friend. Uh, it's been busy. It's been a busy week. I've got a busy month ahead of me. Um, but busy, busy can be a blessing. It's good. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I'm on the same page. Um, it's very busy. Uh, I guess to the point where there's, I guess, so much on my plate. But it's it's exciting. You hungry, Bob? You hungry for what's on your plate? Uh, actually, I am. Um, speaking of that, I went... I mean, although it's like coronavirus times, um, there was a buffet that was still actually open near my house. So you talking Chinese, Chinese food or what are we talking? A sushi buffet. So it was oh, my goodness. <laughs> so you are, I, yes, victory. So I ate that today, and I've been Bob, folded. How, how, about how many plates did you have? Because as we all know, when you go to sushi buffet, you don't measure it in terms of sushi. You measure in terms of plates. Well, so it's a this is not like a plate kind of place. So it's like you order however amount of rolls you want. So we, I ordered like around 26, 28, 27 rolls. So like, and you, you ate them all yourself. Well, with somebody else. <laughs> okay. I, I was going to say like, wow, you might've, you might've just barely caught me. If you do all that by yourself. I think I've only done like, damn, like 15 or something before. That's impressive. No, it's, it was, it was, uh, it was intense, but, um, but I had that today after I took another practice exam for my um, MPT, so it's been going good. Nice. Hey, you can't lose if you have sushi after. You know, exactly. once you finally meet up again, it's been, uh, been a long time, but uh, we'll, we'll hit some sushi, man. When, <laughs> definitely, when when you come, when we meet up, wherever we meet, um, either in New York, either in California, or somewhere in the middle, we'll get a, get a nice, go to, we'll find a sushi buffet, and we'll just eat the whole place out. Game time. Hey, we'll have a uh, a two-hour podcast episode just talking while eating sushi. Oh, <laughs> over sushi. Yeah, that's a great idea. So, um, is there anything you want to talk about today, Nick? Honestly, dude, I'm talking about sushi. My heart's content. No, I'm kidding. Um, actually, <laughs> sort of, sort of kidding. Um, no, I just wanted to uh, actually kind of spur the moment. Um, I got asked about 20 minutes ago um, to write a letter of recommendation uh, for somebody applying to physical therapy school. And so it was, it was pretty neat, you know, um, you know, humbling for sure for some reason, for some people or something that might be, you know, something small, you know, kind of insignificant. Um, but it was nice. It was one of the aides that I've worked with, um, very well. They've been at the facility for two years and I've worked with them since I came on in January. And it was great. I've tried to spend some time kind of mentoring him and all the other aides and everything a little bit, um, for the ones who are interested in physical therapy school after. And I don't know, it was, it was nice. It was a nice kind of affirmation that he chose to reach out and ask me um, as opposed to, you know, many of the other clinicians who he's known for longer. So that's kind of a good feeling and definitely glad to support him. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, it's definitely like, like some people can say like that's a small thing, but it's like the little things that are, are like special too. Absolutely. Do you have like any plan? What, like what you're going to write for him? Like, like, are you going to sit down with him or do you have like some stuff in mind? Yeah, so um, I definitely have some stuff in mind, some experiences and things that I can kind of tangible to touch on, as well as some kind of intangibles where I think you'd be successful. But then I want to give a full honest review, too, and kind of say, hey, this is a uh, snapshot of who this person is. 
um, kind of look at some of their strengths and, you know, for some of the things that I said, hey, here's where they might need to work on in the future. You know, word as if, hey, this for and I see, hey, he's going to do great. He's going to be really good. Um, but say, hey, if your program can offer this part and offers training in a little bit of area that he's a little bit has more of a deficit in, then I think he could be really successful. So really painting a full picture, full canvas. So what I asked him to do is say, hey, I want to have a copy of your resume. Um, kind of have a bullet point understanding of why you're interested in physical therapy for yourself as a practitioner, um, what you've learned from this job to be able to get you there, and just anything else that you think I should know about you. Um, that way I can kind of paint a really accurate picture because, I mean, you know, anybody, most people who have been an aide before they go to PT school, they instantly have more experience than I did. I mean, Bob, we went to a six-year program where we kind of went in, you know, as young freshmen. Yeah, I didn't even know what physical therapy was. Right, exactly. And I had a little bit more of an idea, but, you know, because I'd been a patient before, but not not as much. So, you know, it was a very different perspective. So if people who are going in now, they instantly have a better understanding than I did when I was starting out. Yeah, no, I agree. So that's that's awesome. Good for you. That's that's another, I guess, task added to the Nick Davis list. Yeah, it's Um, an exciting time. It's um. Did I tell you, Bob, that we got another uh, brand-new clinician hired? No. Okay, so we got a, a new clinician hired um, to our clinic as well. And so um, that's exciting, too, you know, um, not only for no longer being the woman on the totem pole, um, but he's a new graduate, uh, physical therapy. He was an athletic trainer for a couple of years before becoming going to physical therapy school. So he's got some cool background as well as in strength and conditioning and kind of on the field rehab and everything. So that's a lot of fun. It's nice kind of, you know, learning from his experiences, but also kind of mentoring him a little bit as he goes up in terms of some of his deficits and, you know, really where he want to grow. And he's a driven guy. He's definitely got some new tools and reasoning, but I did too when I was there. And I do now. It's just that my loopholes are, you know, a little bit less obvious now. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, so, Nick, last time you talked about how you, like, signed up for – the the COMT or COMPT, but the certification uh, yeah, so, so this, this one we've got uh yep we have two levels for this so this is a CMPT but yes exactly sign up for the certification through NIOM and talking about accountability um, yes. we're so, looking for studying for that yes how are you doing with that are were you like have you been practicing has that been on the forefront of your mind it has been it's been on the forefront of my mind because I made it be you know, it'd be easily something that could have fallen by the wayside to be less significant. Um, but I knew what it meant when I took the moment where I hit submit, when I paid the money, um, when I put my name down to be registered for that examination, is that it actually meant yeah. something. And we have to allow it to mean something, and not just mean something at rest, but mean something through our actions. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, I have studied with it. Um, there have been some days where it's been the bare minimum of what I've set forth in my standard. And there have been some days where I'm like, okay, we're, we're getting the groove, man. We're getting the vibe, like, let me kind of have my curiosity. Let me go more. But working long hours, dude, it's a it's a grind to make that a priority. Definitely. Um, so I guess like I guess how I like want to like shift. I guess the topic of the presentation is like you're you're very busy. You're working a lot of hours a week. You're working at two clinics. You have the residency, and then you sign up for this. Um, and then one thing for me like that I realized this week of like how important just shifting your perspective of oh, I have so much things to do, why me, into like, oh, I have so many things to do. This is great. Um, 
these are things I love. These are things, some of them may not be things that I love, but they help me build my character. So I think that's such a, I guess, big per- perception shift or perceptual shift. perceptual change. That, and I agree, Bob, it's so powerful. And you can even, the nice thing about this is you can even use the same words, right? So if I have so many things to do. Why me? You can say, I have so many things to do. Why me? Like, why out of everybody? Why me? Or I have so many things I get to do, right, that are in line with my passion. Yeah, it's tiring because you try and fit a lot into a day and everything. But to me, it comes back to, yeah, absolutely, the mindset shift, having that perspective. And then in addition to that, you know, really just appreciating your priorities. Um, I kind of had a recent talk about this where, you know, having 10 priorities doesn't mean a damn thing. Well, that's not a priority list. That's just saying, hey, that's kind of like a wish list. Like, I want to. There's no way for me, even when I am focused, I can get 10 things that are important done in the same day. It's all about having a priority list of one, two, three, four things that you focus on and how do we do things that are in line with that. And so I agree. Okay. It's not, it's not, I have so many things I have to do. It's, I have a lot I get to do. And out of those things I get to do, I actively choose this. Yes. Yes. So I think for me, um, I'm just going to like go into more of a personal example of like what I guess made me like realize that that perceptual shift or perception shift even more. So basically a lot's happened in the past week um, for me personally. Um, Well, one, I'm taking the, the boards and I signed up for the McKenzie course, which is like everybody on the podcast knows. Um, but another thing is that my entire house is going through construction, and oh boy. I, I have to be in charge of that. And what a time! What a time for that to happen now, Bob. To clarify, is that your house down in Queens, or is that the one that your mom built up north that she bought up north? So this this is a this is like a another apartment. Gotcha. Um, so so that's happening. So I, I'm going to be in charge of that with my dad. I'm um, just him and I working, painting the walls, doing things like that. Um, and dude, this is like okay, this is like throwback back to the day. I'm like, hey, Bob is now Bob the Builder. Here we go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so I have that on my plate, and then I'm also going through, I guess, I guess like a lawsuit. Like somebody sued me. So that that's a whole nother bunch of stuff. No, jeez, man. I'm sorry about that. That I have to do. Now it's okay. Um, but yeah, we'll, like, we'll make you get into any details. You don't want to get a single on that. Yeah, on this no, podcast. of course. Well, I think like the reason why I bring it up is like initially the last few weeks I was like, Oh God, this, this sucks. Like I'm getting sued. This is like, um, like what 22, 23 year old guy gets sued at such a young age. Yeah. Um, was it because you ate too much sushi? I know I didn't want to ask any questions. I, <laughs> was it because of the sushi? It was, it was not the sushi, but uh, okay, then I'll yeah, drop I, it now. Yeah, but um, it, it was a personal injury lawsuit um, against me, so I have to do like a lot of traveling back and forth, a lot of going to talking to lawyers, talking to different people. Um, so that's also added to my plate. Um, in the past few weeks, I've been it's been like, oh God, why is this happening to me? There's so many so many things on my plate. And then last week I decided to add the McKenzie thing, the McKenzie part B onto the plate, because that was something like I really wanted to do. And like, I really, it's something like I'm passionate about. So 
this week, I really shifted my perspective of like, oh, God, so many things are happening. It's, it's overwhelming into like, wow, okay, I'm getting sued. That's like personal development right there. That helps me like build character. Um, I'm like taking this like adverse experience, this thing that most people would never wish on anybody into his like continued education budget. I say, man, I'm going to come out of this, not the cocoon, not the caterpillar, but I'm going to be the butterfly. <laughs> I love your analogies, Nick. Yes, I'm going to come out the butterfly. Um, and then I have the, my MPT, my, my McKenzie course. Those are things that got to be done. And one, the McKenzie course I love doing, so that's just extra. Um, and then painting the house, con- constructing uh, uh, an apartment, that, that's also extra. That also builds character and adds stress to all of this as well. So so that was my, like, perceptual shift for me this week. And, Bob, that that, like, that's a power move, man. Um, let me ask you a follow-up question to that. So that's your perceptual shift. That's something that is important to you that you've done taking action on. How does changing your perspective on especially the whole getting sued thing, what action steps does that lead to? What kind of things do you notice yourself doing differently because of that? Well, I guess one thing for sure is, like, taking the initiative to, to get stuff started. Like, um, I mean, fortunately for me, I have insurance, so, so that's covering most of – I guess the lawyers and the fees like that. Um, so like taking the initiative to reach out to different lawyers, reach, take the initiative to, to reach out with different insurance people um, and just get the ball rolling. And then for me, that was like, wow, this is like something that like I'm, pre- I'm doing the things like I want to do. Like, like my podcast is like, I'm talking stories and talking to myself to like, make sure like when I speak, I'm like more coherent um, that I can be a better public speaker. And this is like ta- talking to actual people, talking to lawyers, talking to things like that. Now, overall, this situation is not like the best. I'm like trying to make a positive spin on it. Um, but personally, it feels like I am making – it is a positive spin if I look at it from this light. Well, Bob, there's a lot of maturity out there. And, you know, it's one of those things where you're in this situation no matter what. And so it's, you know, it's hard for some people to say, well, you're just being delusional. You should be upset about it. And you're right. You're right. You do have every right to be upset about it. But being extra upset about it, I'm like, hey, I'm angry. Oh, wait, I'm pissed off. I'm angry. Oh, wait, I'm really mad. I'm pissed off, right? That is, those layers don't do you any good. So, hey, I'm angry. Sweet. What can I learn from this angry situation? What can you change about me for the future? How can I be more prepared for it? So you say, hey, I know I'm already going to be angry. And then you start focusing on what can I gain from this? What experiential thing can I make a difference with in my future? And you start looking into things for that. And as you look and look and look, and your mind focuses on something different, all of a sudden you look up, you've got a bullet point list of, you know, six lessons you've learned, and all of a sudden, you forget that you're quite as mad as angry. Yeah. Um, you know how they, like, say something about, there's, like, a quote about, like, your failures, like, after a failure or a big failure, it, like, makes you grow into a whole other person or something like that? You probably have, have like that. That, that, that might not have been the uh, the smoothest uh, translation. <laughs> I don't know the exact one you're trying to quote, but Bob, uh, I get the meaning, right? Through adversity comes success in unwanted times. There we go. That's that's it. That's the butterfly cocoon analogy in a full sentence. And see, here's uh, the dangerous thing, Bob, is that sometimes I just say words and I'm like, oh, boy, they're better. Like, I don't know what I'm about to say, but there better be another word coming after this. <laughs> but, yes, that that's it. I mean, like. In high school, I mean, I think you have 
you probably went through the same thing. In high school, there was a bunch of adversity. After that period, both of us changed to a different person um, for, for better. And we're just pushing right now, trying to expand the boundaries of our lives. And, you know, we're, we're continuing to evolve. We're continuing to change. And I love the analogy of the butterfly, cocoon, and caterpillar. Um, and I'm saying intentionally in that order of future to past because we have to have that perspective. We have to have the perspective that that is the goal and that's the way we go. But in many ways, it's 2020, right? In many ways, whether we're a butterfly or a moth in the future, we're in the chrysalis or cocoon. We're in that stage. And so what happens in there, right, we're being incubated. We're not just there and sitting idle and doing nothing, but we're waiting to become our true selves. And the waiting is an active growth process. You know, the caterpillar can't become the butterfly unless they curl up and do something, unless they have that change and transformation. This is our time period where we're temporarily being put on hold, but it's not really a hold. It's an opportunity. I, wow. I, <laughs> that was a, wow. I, I'm just in, in shock. Nick. You, you probably made up the, the butterfly analogy on the spot and you turned a- it into Actually, um, I got to give credit. Um, I can't remember who I give credit to. It might have been, it was another podcast. It might have been Rob Dial. Um, but it was another um, motivation okay. mindset podcast. So I cannot take credit for that one. I'll take, I'll, I'll take credit when I can, and I'll make sure I dish it out where it is deserved so that was not on my own behalf. Okay. But you can take credit that, for the sushi stuff. The sushi yeah, buffet. I'll take all the credit for sushi. <laughs> but, okay, yeah, that that's great. I mean, like, are, are you saying, like, I guess 2020, is that what you're saying, is also, like, us being in the cocoon? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, especially I think about this from kind of the, you know, maybe not now as much, but well, still now, right? Our lifestyle has changed. Things are adapting. Things are evolving. They're very different than they were before. That's something that we have to understand. That's something that we have to, like you did, Bob, you change your perspective. We have to change our perspective and the way we interpret that in that, okay, things are changing. I'm not able to go out. I'm not able to work my job. I'm not able to do this, that, or the other thing. What is that preparing me to do in my future? Become who I need to be. And I think that this can be a choice, right? You can either say, hey, let me sit as a caterpillar and just sit as a caterpillar. And that's like, hey, just hanging around, watching Netflix, social media, just doing whatever kind of same stuff. Or let me sit as a, as a caterpillar, make my cocoon, be in my cocoon, chill there, and that's the personal personal growth, self-development, and making yourself better. And then if we were to give, like, some practical tips, what would you say for well, that cocoon? Or, or is it individualized for everybody? It is individualized, but I think there are principles, Bob. I know something that I found successful with myself, and I've had a I've had to do this by scaling a lot, right? I've, I've set expectations. I'm, I consider myself a relatively ambitious person. Um, I've set goals for myself that were high, bossing, unattainable. And for sometimes, that's really good, right? We want that. We want to set big, scary, audacious goals that are, like, insurmountable. But you can't set those as your only goals. I'm a huge fan of setting simple, small, tiny, tiny daily action step goals. I can do with my studying, right? It's totally doable. There are many days I do more, but I get the satisfaction of checking that off. 
I'm setting myself up for success and I'm trying to gain traction. I'm trying to gain traction to gain momentum. So I think, you know, my big thing is asking yourself, what are your priorities in life? And, um, and, and be brutally honest without judgment. Do it just yourself. And I've done this myself too. And I say, okay, I have to think about are my actions living up to my priorities? So like my priorities of kind of personal development and growth and in the professional realm, for a lot of the things I do, they're living up to it. But this whole do I take this exam thing or not, this extra certification, it's my rationale either side was, hey, I'm not quite living up to it. So there's a lot of my place. And so it's either a fear-based thing of like, eh, I don't know if I can do this strategically versus let me do it because it's going to make me better. And for me, there wasn't enough overwhelming evidence saying that I couldn't do it, right? I was nervous. I was frightened. I was in my comfort zone. But I, I knew I needed to command. I could do it once I committed and had action behind that. So that's what I did for myself. Um, so I think to keep it simple, it comes down to asking yourself what your priorities are and seeing is there one priority out of the two, three, or four that I'm not taking action on. Where's my deficit? Where's the low-hanging fruit? After we get that low-hanging fruit, say, sweet. What is a simple action step, a baby step I can do to go towards that? Because you're, you, you're not happy with it because you're not reaching towards it. So what's one tiny little thing I can do daily to reach towards that? Um, for me, it was a studying. For some people, it might be literally reading one page a day or something. Um, it might be, you know, um, you can do something once a week if it's a bigger thing. But I'm a huge fan of, again, doing tiny little microscopic things daily that set you up better. Maybe it's a literally a two-minute um, meditation daily. You've always got two minutes, right? Some people stay at a red light for two minutes straight. So doing something little by saying, hey, I must do this, then you start gaining traction and appreciate yourself for that. I like it. It's good. So sit down, either with a pen and paper, and then ask yourself what you want. And then from there, just branch out and figure out what are those, those single little things that help you reach there. So I like that. That's, that's my perspective. That's kind of my story, my experience. Do you have anything different, anything to add to that? Be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I like that part or this part. Yeah, this would work for me better. Do you have any perspective on that, Bob? I think for me it's just sitting down 30 minutes, an hour, just like with zero distractions, and either like opening up a blank Google Doc, either having a pen and paper or a notebook, and just writing down, like, what are my goals? Like, what are my goals in 90 days? What are my goals in a year, in three years, in five years? Um, and then constantly reevaluate them. Like, are you meeting them? Are are you anywhere? Are you moving anywhere close to them? That, that's. I feel like that's what helps me, especially like when I'm introspective with myself. Um, I guess be in that cocoon stage. Like, even if I'm not like physically doing anything, I'm planning. Which is, I mean, I, I guess you can say the caterpillar while they're in the cocoon, they're planning and transforming to the butterfly. So I think that's that's the same thing for me. Like, even though it doesn't seem like I'm not, like, it, it doesn't seem like I'm doing anything. I'm just sitting there for an hour thinking to myself. That's where, for me, I feel like most of the cocoon action happens. Absolutely. That, that makes a lot of sense. You give yourself the time for your mind to get in that state. Um and again, you you fine tune that for yourself. That's great general advice, and that's great advice for yourself experientially too. Yeah.
know, I like it, Nick. Another jam-packed episode. I'm short but sweet. Do you want to add anything else? Nah, man. Um, that was great. That was thorough. Um, obviously, best of luck to you and your endeavors, your adversity, and your opportunities for gaining better perspective ahead. Perfect. Let's touch upon accountability real quick. We both were, did our things like we talked about earlier. I signed up for my course. You study a little bit um, each day. Um, we're just moving forward. I'm going to, for myself, I'm going to keep on my grind, keep committed to the same thing. Um, I've got a lot on my plate, and I think for me, um, sometimes it's tempting to add a lot more. And I know for success for myself, I need to stay committed to this. Um, and this is my priority. So, it's, again, when I already have three or four priorities, it's not about adding a fifth. It's about staying strong in the ones that I need to. And for me, I'm holding to the same commitment. Yeah. I I'm going to say the same thing. I have a lot of my place, but I don't want to sound like this is, I guess, to any of the listeners that this is just like a cop out of like, oh, Bob's not setting an accountability thing for this. But personally for me at this stage, right at this moment, I feel like there's enough internal motivation guiding me on what I want to be doing and should be doing. Um, so let's, Bob, let's, because for me, I recommitted to the same thing. Let's, even if there's something where you're like, hey, I do this anyway. Say it out loud just to be in the practice for that because I think there's something powerful for you in every time you have external accountability, not meaning that there's less internal, right? There are sometimes it's powerful for you especially to say, hey, I know I have the internal drive. I'm going to do this anyway. I'm confident, committed in that, but let me say externally anyway. And that connotation changes for you. So all of a sudden, it's not just every time you ask for external um, accountability. It's not all of a sudden just, oh, I'm doing this because I don't believe in myself. Well, no, it's like, I got this, I'm good, and you're my friend, you're going to help me. Perfect. I, I appreciate that, Nick. Um, I've been doing daily reading, daily studying, so I'm just going to do that until the next time we talk. I'm also going to finish the, the prerequisite McKenzie course for me to take the course. That's just an online five-hour thing. Um, so I'll be finishing that Friday, most likely. So I'll be finished just doing that the whole so I'll be doing a lot of, like, lawyer stuff Friday, and then the other half of the day I'll be doing that. Sounds tangible, sounds doable. You're going to get it done anyway, but I totally believe you. Um, you know, I'll be curious next time we talk to kind of hear your couple takeaways from that uh, five-hour prep course. Yep, of course. All right, Nick, it was always a pleasure. Um, and I'll see you next time on uh, Manifest Mindset. Take care, my friend. Take care.